Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. I mean, he knows that God still has hope for us today, and that's going to be our our, our theme again next week. And and I hope everybody can uh, wear your hope is here T-shirts, and and uh, and I'm excited about that. This year it's going to look a little bit different because we got different colors, and the room's going to be filled, but the message is going to be the same. Amen. That'll preach right there. It doesn't matter what skin color you have or what background you have, what you look like, how old you are. The message is still the same. Hope is in Jesus Christ, and hope is for us. Amen. Amen. So follow along with me, can if you can, on the outline, fill in. The, the first part's going to be very easy, but don't get ahead of yourself and try to fill in all the blanks with the same answer, okay? Uh, you, you'll, you'll catch on a little bit, but it does change uh, in, in some places, and, and I just hope you'll follow along, follow these, these connections. I encourage everyone to take notes. Uh, um, I, I believe Christina's been leading this uh, uh, Central Rewind on Wednesday night. You're excited, right? I can tell she's just sitting on the edge of her seat, literally ready to take notes to, to be to share. I will encourage everyone to be back Wednesday night. There's going to be a great Bible study, but also a little bit of the rewind of what did God say to us in this message? It's important that we talk about the word of God together and what God is doing and what God has said. And so you don't want to miss that opportunity at when, on Wednesday night. And uh, the rewind is just uh, for a few moments, but that we want to hear from you and the, what God is saying through these messages together. Here's the, the first thought. Children are a reward. Go ahead and say it with me. Children are a reward. Now, without any hesitation, you know that I've been uh, sharing that, that, that at the end of this year, the Lord's just prompted me that we need to pray for our prodigals. It's something that's not new, but I'm just being stirred that I believe God wants to do something. And, and these days, his return is near and we want to see our loved ones safe. And, and this message is not just about our children, but it, it will impact that. But it's about lives. And and, and last, this past week, Brandy and I got to spend some time with Sister Doris and she was sharing her testimony again. And, and she gave her heart to the Lord at 46 years old. And so at that point, she was a child coming to the, the Lord. And so we're not just targeting one age group. We want to target everyone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. In my heart this morning, when we were watching that video, uh, remembering 9-11, and we take time, we do pause, and we remember that day and, and where we were at and, and all the lives that were lost. My heart right now, those lives can't be saved. But I'm praying, God, for every one of those family members that lost somebody and, and lost a friend. If if they don't know you still today, Lord, move on their heart by someone sharing the gospel of truth and hope and let their heart be changed so they can be with you in heaven. That needs to be our prayer. We, we mourn with them. We grieve with them. We pray for peace with them. But if they only get peace here on earth and they don't get peace in eternity, then the peace on earth, earth didn't matter. Lord, we're praying that their heart will be changed uh, so they can be with you in a, an eternity where we have uh, eternal life and peace in Jesus. Christ. So that's where my heart went this morning. There are people who have lost loved ones and they may not have the hope. We don't know all that, that, that died, who was saved, who wasn't, but the hope is that we'll see Jesus Christ, our savior, and they need redemption. 
Here's a verse that we want to begin with, just a, one verse, and, and we've preached on this passage before, but listen to this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So this tells us right now, we need to look after our children. We need to realize they're a gift from God. I know sometimes uh, children can be uh, bring so much joy, and sometimes they can bring sorrow and sadness, uh, but they're a gift from God, and so when we recognize them as a gift from God as a reward, then we will want to treat them the right way. We want to raise them the right way. We want to pray over them the right way. So children are a reward. We have to recognize them for, as a gift from God, uh, first of all, if we're going to respond with them and, and work with them the right way. And how many in here used to be children? Okay, everybody raise your hand. How many believes that you were a gift to your parents? Amen. Yeah, uh, maybe you didn't have a, a great, but you wanted to think that. I mean, if you didn't have a good life uh, raising up, I know it was in your mind. You're like, I want to be a gift to my parents. I want to be a joy to, to people's lives. And so uh, we got to turn around now, think of these children. Lord, these are a gift to us. Lord, let us nurture them and raise them in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus talks about children. And I want to use this thought here as arguing as children. It's going to play out in, in a few different thoughts with this point. So just hang with me and we'll see if we can uh, unpack all these different thoughts. But here's a, a passage in Matthew chapter 18 in the Gospels that it says that at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They, I believe they were kind of arguing like children. Anybody ever see children argue? And usually it's not in a fight thing. It's what, what's happening. They're playing and, and they become superheroes. And anybody ever pretend to be a superhero? Not too much confession going on. Only one. And I'm sure on Sunday, Wednesday night you'll share what you were or wanted to be. But everybody's probably played that or, a, or a, you were cowboys and Indians or a, or a sports star. Something you pretended in something. And usually, uh, it, it didn't always take somebody with you. I mean, a lot of kids have imaginations. They could, they can have a whole day by themselves and, 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 and make up all these adventures. But when there's somebody else with you and you get them to go on the adventure too, uh, then you start saying, well, I'm this superhero and I'm that superhero. Well, I'm Spider-Man. I can shoot webs. Well, I'm better. I'm, I'm Superman and I can fly. And you start, they begin to start arguing who's better, right? Well, well the disciples are having this little argument uh, among themselves and asking Jesus, uh, who is the, who is the greatest? And, and we find out later on Mark that Jesus, you know, overheard them in a dispute on the, on a journey. And so he addresses this. And, and so here's what he, he says. Then Jesus called a little child to him. He gives this illustration. And he sets him in the midst of them and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little, as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gets to the heart. He's like, you, you need to become like a child. Again, going back to the, the thought of, of children imagining themselves to be something else. It's hard sometimes to convince them that they're not Spider-Man, right? They, they just got so caught up in that web. Pun intended, but they uh, they they get so caught up in into what they're doing, and, and that you, it's hard to convince them that they're not that, and and they're and so this is what Jesus is saying to us: we need to be so convinced that God loves us so much that that there is a God in heaven, and this is not a false hope. But there is a God in heaven. We no matter what the world is trying to say and trying to say, there's not a God. You can coexist with all the different religions. There's many ways to eternal life. No, there is one God that sits in heaven who sent His 
son, Jesus Christ. I believe it was with all my heart as a child, as a child that with that, that can't take away what I'm believing. And this is what Jesus trying to say. You've got to have a faith like a child that will believe what other people won't believe. And, and there's others around this world. They won't believe that Jesus died for us and that he was buried and that he rose again from the dead. But I stand firm on my faith today. I know that it's not a fairy tale. I know that it's not a myth. It's not just pretending being here in the presence of God. I'm in the presence of the Lord right now. He is with us. He's right beside me. He's behind me and he's got my path planned before me. I know that he is holding me in his hands and he's holding you this morning. We serve a true, real, living God. So we have to have this, this faith. And so when we're arguing now as children in this good context, we argue with the world like, hey, you can believe what you want to believe, but this is what I know is truth. And so as a child, I'm not giving up. You can't convince me otherwise that I'm not been saved and redeemed and bought by the price and that my sins haven't been forgiven. I have been set free and I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I have been a more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm redeemed. Jesus continues on at the end of these verses right here. He says, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Lord, help us humble ourselves again, believing you and only you. And he says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. It's interesting, though, if you jump to the next chapter in Matthew, we see the disciples who heard this going on and saw what Jesus did and was there for the illustration just a few uh, days later, a month later, who knows what the timeline was. It says, then little children were brought to Jesus that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. Now, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, if the disciples got it wrong a few times, I'm going to let you know there's going to be times we're going to miss it too. So anybody can confess today you just ever, just ever missed it on this journey. Like, you knew better, but you, you did it anyway. You, you knew better, but you didn't believe it. Uh, you didn't trust it. The disciples, in the midst of walking with Jesus, uh, they were already told, you got to be like little children, you know, uh, bring them to me. And they're rebuking because they were caring for Jesus, right? We can talk about that more in a, another time. But look at this focus right here, verse 14. Jesus says, let the little ones come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of heaven. Our little children. I've got good news this morning. uh, Someone came to me this morning and was asking, is it okay for so-and-so to get water baptized? They're they're young. They're in first grade. And I'm like, yes, let's, let's, let's let them experience what God has for their life. Amen. We're not going to forbid the children from experiencing Jesus Christ. And, and we're going to celebrate next week. I believe God has some great things for us next week. Amen. We're going to move to another passage going to the Old Testament. I want you to get this. Tell the stories to the children. Someone say that with me. Tell the stories to the children. Judges chapter 2 says this. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. Who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. 
Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him with the, the border of his inheritance at Timnath, Herez, in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gaash. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. This is where it gets sad. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the bells. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their father, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. That, and they followed other gods from among the, the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. I want to let you know that the, the story here is letting us know we've got to tell the children, the, the next generation, of the stories of what God has done. What do you, this, is, this is because they're so impressible at that young age that they're going to believe and hold on to what they hear. Why do you think the enemy is trying to lie to our children's right now why do you think uh, there's a fight in america to, to say if it's okay to teach a kindergarten or third graders about homosexuality this this is not right what's going on uh, because they're trying to steal the innocence of the children and we've got to stand up against this uh, so if you know somebody that is uh, supporting the corruption of children don't vote for them if they're on the school board don't vote for them if they're running for senate don't vote for for them. If they're running for Congress, don't vote for them. If they're running for president, don't vote for them. I'm not getting political. I'm getting biblical right now. I'm telling you that we have to stand for truth because our children are the next generation that need to tell the story to the next generation until the return of Jesus Christ. They need to know the truth that we know. They need to walk in the truth that we walk in. They need to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And so God, we pray. We're going to tell the stories to our children. We want them to experience what we experience. We're not going to forsake you. We're going to stand for you in Jesus' mighty name. We worship you. There was a generation that was lost because the stories weren't told to them and they began to fall into evil. They began to fall prey to to, uh, serving false gods because I want to let you know that every one of us has been born to worship and and if we're not worshiping God, we're going to worship something else. It's within us. It's part of our DNA. We've been built to worship and and so we're going to be drawn to something and that's why we have to have the Holy Spirit in our homes. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our church, in our in our daily lives as a, as a people of God. So our children are drawn to the good things of God and not running away and trying to attach to something else. So Lord, help us. I want to give you this this morning too, that there's hope for our children. Say that with me. There's hope for our children. I'm going to take you to Jeremiah chapter 31, just a couple of verses here, about three verses. It says, thus says the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentations and bitter weeping. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, reframe your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of their enemies. Somebody begin to claim this this morning. Verse 17, there is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own borders. 
So let's talk about Ramah for just a little bit. Ramah is the, the birthplace of the prophet Samuel. I'm not going to go into the, the deep story, but I want to give you a reminder of what happened when Samuel was young and, and his mother wanted to have the ch- child and, and it wasn't taking place, but God gave her the miracle to have this child and she dedicated him to the Lord. And so Samuel was brought to the, to the, the priests and to, to be raised and, and Samuel was laying in bed one night and the Lord began to call on him and he began to say, Samuel! This is uh, the, this is where this vision, this prophecy is taking place. Uh, uh, Rama, Samuel was born and, and we want to trust the Lord that he was speaking to Samuel and he had a life destiny for Samuel. He had a purpose for Samuel. This is also a place where Jeremiah was once prisoner, where he was taken captive with the other people of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. This is a significant place, the birthplace of of Samuel, a place where Jeremiah was taken into captivity. So there's good and there's bitterness at the, at the same time, right? We see that in Jeremiah 40, verse 1. And also here we see as the passage we just looked at, this is where Rachel, Rachel prophetically weeps over the children. And this prophecy is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 18 with the death of the children at Bethlehem. Let's look at that. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise man, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all the districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentations, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. We, we see this, this setup that in the Old Testament where Rachel was, was, was weeping because she realized that, and God was speaking that, that the children of Israel are going to be taken into captivity. These are true historic uh, uh, stories that we know that the children were in, of Israel were taken into bondage and captivity. Rachel weeping. But I want to let you know that God's plan was to release them and set them free. They went through trials and tribulations. They, they, but they were released. They were set free to be the people of God. And I want to let you know this morning, whether your children, if they're wandering, if your loved ones are wandering, that God has a hope for them. Uh, some of them go through destruction and it's hard. This was so hard seeing what took place here that, that these children, these innocent male children were slaughtered because they were trying to go who after Jesus. They were trying to find him because he was the hope of the world. The enemy was trying to kill Jesus Christ, but God had his hand because he's a son of God. God had a hand on on his son that no matter what happens around he is going to be protected to become the ultimate the most holy sacrifice for mankind that all the sins of the world will be put on his shoulder that he would be that he would be crucified he would bleed and died and be beaten for our sins the enemy tried to stop that but God allowed it to happen because God is the one who controls everything the enemy can try to attack but the enemy's not going to win he may bring some pain He may bring some destruction, but he's not going to have the victory. There is victory in Jesus. So I want to take you to another place. I want you to think about the city of Armathia. 
This is a, a city that's named in uh, several cities in Palestine. It's mentioned in Matthew 27, verse 57. It's mentioned in Mark 15, 43, and in Luke 23, 51, and John 19, 38. And, and it appears to be the same as the birthplace of Samuel. Armathea is Rama. Why does that matter? Let's go to Mark. Now, when the evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before Sabbath, Joseph of Armamathia, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead, summoning that the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he brought fine linen. He brought, he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen. He laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of a rock and he rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. The place where Samuel was born, the place where Rachel was weeping for the children is the place where the man comes from to take the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. After he breathed his last breath for us, after the last drop of blood dropped to the ground, this man named Joseph, who was looking for the kingdom of God, saw our Lord and Savior on the cross. He says, I want to help take care of him until the next step. <laughs> How many knows what the next phase was? He cared for the body of Jesus. Is it ironic or is it destiny what God had planned? That where death was reigning, life was coming. So I want to do the Bible this morning. This week, I want you to read 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. Then I want you to read a passage we haven't talked about yet this morning, John eleven twenty three through 44. And I want you to pray this. Lord, some of my loved ones, my children, my family are spiritually dead. I believe you will spiritually resurrect them with new life and open their spiritual ears to hear you speak their names just like Samuel and Lazarus. How many is going to hold on to this prayer this week? Will you read it with me? Lord, some of my loved ones, my children, my family are spiritually dead. I believe you will spiritually resurrect them with new life. And open their spiritual ears to hear you speak their names just like Samuel and Lazarus. Let's look at John for just a moment this morning. John chapter 11. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. I don't have time to, to preach that whole passage, but you know that Lazarus is dead. And and then Jesus is having this conversation with Mary and Martha. And he's talking to, to Martha and he's saying that your brother is going to rise again. She goes, I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection in the last days. And, and, and she was just holding on to that hope. But Jesus had even a 
a better answer for her that day. He says to her, I am the resurrection and life. He believes in me, though he may be dead, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I want to pose a question for you this morning. Do you believe that your children can be resurrected spiritually from the dead today? Uh, Do you believe it can happen this week? Do you believe it can happen this year? I I don't want to wait till 2024. I don't want to wait till 2023. I want to see them resurrected now. Uh, I believe that it's not going to be a last uh, breath of testimony that on their deathbed that they finally decide to give their heart to Jesus Christ uh, when they're 76 years old. I want to believe right now. Now, when they're 26, uh, when they're 36, uh, maybe they're 46, uh, maybe they're only 16. Uh, I want to pray right now. Lord, you see the heart and the compassion of the people that are in this room for the loved ones. We're not giving up on this. You may get tired of hearing about preaching for loved ones. Don't get tired of it because God hasn't given up on you. You're here today because somebody was praying for you. You're here today because somebody didn't give up on you. You're here today because God God spoke your name. Uh, You may not have had a family that knew God, but God knew you and he spoke your name. Jerry Martin, I want you to come and be a part of my kingdom. Uh, uh, Annette Melton, I want you to to be a part of my kingdom. Tanya, I want you to be a part of my kingdom. Brian, I want you to be a part of my kingdom. He has spoken your name. Someone said he's spoken my name. Verse 43 of John chapter 11, Jesus at the grave of Lazarus, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. We're going to do something here in a moment, but I want you to see this verse one more time that we started with or is in the the beginning. There is hope, John, Jeremiah 31, there is hope. Say that, there is hope. Say it again, there is hope. Why do you think we're preaching on hope next week? Hope is here. Not because of the building, but because of the presence of God. Hope is here because of the word of God. Hope is here because of the spirit of God. He says there is hope in your future. That your children shall come back. When those were being taken captive in that exile. If you know the story of Rachel's passing. They were traveling. And when Rachel died they were out in the middle of nowhere. And so she had to be buried Jacob buries her there and just the side of the road, but he put a monument there. The prophecy is that as the children of Israel were being taken into captivity, they were passing that monument. Being reminded of their heritage. Lord, this church is a monument to you. And I pray as the lost ones travel by, they'll be reminded of the truth that they've heard when they were a child. They'll be reminded of services that they were in 
Maybe not understanding everything that they saw, but they experienced the presence of the Lord. Is this speaking to anybody right now? Do, do you know some folks that, that who have known the truth, but have wandered from the truth, uh, that they experienced the presence of God? Lord, I pray as they pass by. Lord, I pray put up detours. Oh, I know you. no one's going to like this. You don't like road construction. But Lord, block the road so the route they have to take past the central church of God. And as they begin to drive by, they're reminded of what God has done for them in the past. And there's something stirring within them. Yes, they're going to be so uncomfortable driving by. They're going to want to look the other way. But they got to turn their eyes back. Lord, we're praying right now. Lord, let this place. Uh, it, it, we don't want this to be a, a mausoleum. Lord, we want this to be a place of life. But we want it to be a monument to you that everything that we do brings a glory and honor. And as people drive by, maybe they've never been to the central church of God, but when they drive by, they remember the church that they grew up in. And that church may have been in Illinois or, or it may have been in a, another state of Ohio. It may be a, a distance away all the way down in Texas, but they're reminded, I used to be in church. I, I'm praying right now, Lord, there is a generation that don't know you. We're going to go after them too, but Lord, there's a time right now for the coming home of our prodigals. And, and this is the time right now. Lord, remind them as they drive by and Lord, let them sense the presence of God. So that's why this place has to be a place of praise. That's why this place has to be a place, a place of prayer because it doesn't leave when we leave. The presence of God is here. So those who drive around and park in our parking lot, Lord, let them feel your presence from this place of praise, this place of worship. Lord, let them be stirred because your presence is here. Lord, let there be a drawing into this place and Lord, let us be ready to receive them and pray for them and anoint them and disciple them and train them and release them. Oh God, help us Lord Jesus. There's a hope in Jesus Christ. There's a hope that is here. If you're watching online, I'm glad that you're watching online, but I have to implore you one more time. You need to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, The presence of God is different here than it is. I know if you're at work and catching up, we're praying that you feel the presence of God. But if you're able to be in the house of the Lord, you need to be here. God is doing something. Oh, wow. This morning, in the praise and worship, I felt, I felt the presence of the Lord in this place. Uh, he's working miracles. We talked about it. We sung about it. He's wanting to do miracles today. How many believes that he still does miracles as the praise team comes back? Lord, I, I just surrender to you right now. I, I don't know where even to go, but I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Where I was going to go earlier, that's where I'm going to go back to. John eleven forty three. He shouts out, Lazarus, come forth. As you stand to your feet this morning. I want you to take a moment. I want you to get that, that loved one. We're going to do this three times. How many knows that Jesus rose again on the third day? So this may be, this may be hard because you may have a long list, but I want you to get three people in your mind right now that you're praying for. There's more you can you can do this at home, but for right now I believe this is what the Lord wants us to do. Three times. The first time you name off one person and say, Come forth. So the second time name off another person, come forth. The third time, pick that third person, come forth. Put that verse back up of, of John chapter eleven.
verse 43. It's like the second there we go. Look, what does it say? Lazarus come work before that. He cried with a soft. That's what I'm reading too. We're Pentecostal. We believe in the power. Yes, he moves in a quiet time, but he also wants us to raise our voice. If Jesus did it, what would Jesus do? Everybody was wore those braces before and bought the coffee mug. Go ahead and get that out right now. What would you, he shouted with a loud voice. He cried. He was compassionate about what he was doing. Everybody have someone on your mind right now? Someone's on your heart? Say it loud enough. They're watching line. They may even hear their name. We're going to have water baptism next week. We have a couple of people signed up. I, I want to. I want to see a line of people. I'm going to go ahead and say that. If you're watching online, if you've given your heart to the Lord, you're not being water baptized. You need to do it. The reason is it's a testimony of what God has done in your life. Are you ready? Get that first name. I'll count to three and you say their name and come forth. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Ready for the second one? One, two, three. something the heaven is being shaken right now ready for the third one one two three lord we 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 declare right now these names that have been shouted out Lord, we declare, come forth, uh, come out of that spiritual death, uh, come out of that sin, uh, come out of that bondage. Uh, we declare right now in the name of Jesus uh, that they will be free, uh, that they will be alive in you. We're, we're claiming it right now, whether they ever knew you or whether they walked away from you, Lord, we're praying, move on their hearts right now. We believe it. We believe it. Someone just pray with me right now. We, we, we gotta go into warfare right now. Lord, we believe it. Lord, the, we're in warfare right now. The enemy's trying to pull them one way and you're trying to pull them another way. There is a struggle right now that's going on in the heavenlies. But Lord, we know that you are more, uh, more victorious than the enemy. You're more powerful than the enemy and you won't let them go. And so Lord, you're pulling them right now. Move on their hearts, oh God. Now, here's the other question. Is there anyone in this room that the Lord is tugging at your heart right now? Anyone in this room that says, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I, I can't wait any longer. I, I'm uncomfortable sometimes being in a, in church because I, I, I feel convicted. He wants to change that conviction to peace. Uh, he's not doing that to make you feel bad. He's doing that to get you stirred up, saying that he wants to change your life. Uh, is there anyone this morning that's here that, that needs to come to these altars? Just don't hesitate. Come down right now. I want to pray with you. Anyone in this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't I don't do this often. This is not trying to be a scare tactic. This is reality. We are not promised tomorrow. 
There will be a day where somebody sitting in a church service who hears the call of repentance, that chooses not to respond, and that'll be their last time in church because their life will be taken that following week by accident. We just had a pastor. He's saved, but praise the Lord. 44 years old this past week just passed away. We are not promised tomorrow. So what we decide right now matters for eternity. I'll give the call one more time. Is there anyone in this room that needs to come? Thank you. Thank you. Ladies, will you come down here and pray for our sister? Hallelujah. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? The Lord will is able to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord. things but i want you right now reach reach your hand this way there's spiritual warfare that's going to take place uh, after she leaves the day how many knows the enemy's going to want to try to attack and want to tell her that this was a lie that this wasn't true she's not going to make it but we're here to let you know that this church loves you and we're going to embrace you and we're going to pray for you right now we pray for janelle Lord, right now that the enemy cannot have her life back we claim her in the name of jesus uh, she came this way and you have forgiven her of her sin you set her free you've got a new hope 
for her, O Lord, and we're covering her with your power and with your presence and with your blood. You are here. Amen. You are here. You're changing her life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. 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 Are you getting water baptized next week? She don't know. I'm saying she's going to get water. She's going to be here. We're going to see it happen. Amen. It's not too late if you're still in this room. If you're online, you're watching, reach out to us. God wants to touch your life today. Go ahead and sing that again. Lord, just as we see this reunion of mother and daughter celebrating together new life, I believe and I prophesy over this. This is just a beginning. It was just said right there. This is just a beginning. You're going to do this again. You're reconciling people to you and people to their families. Somebody believe that with me. You're reconciling people to you and children to their families. Strain relationships of mothers and daughters, mothers and sons, fathers and daughters, fathers and sons. They're being renewed today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Pray for my wife and I. Uh, this church is over and we're done fellowshipping. Um, we're heading out of town. I'm part of a, 
a world missions meeting in Cleveland, and I, I celebrate to be a part of that. I'm honored to be a part of that. I mean, uh, to represent Indiana, and so we're going to be traveling uh, down. We will get a chance to be with Ethan just for just a little bit, probably just a couple hours, and so pray for that uh, that time together, and pray for our, our journey, and uh, I'm trusting the Lord that He's going to do great things next week. Invite someone, bring somebody with you to the house of God, and for our time of fellowship. My daughter's hand is going to lead us in our, our closing prayer this morning. Let's proclaim this over our lives for this week. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Have a great week.